Then put your little hand in mine There ain't no hill or mountain we can't climb Babe. Welcome to Groundhog Minute, the podcast where we celebrate the 1993 classic Groundhog Day one minute at a time. I'm your host, Dave. And I'm your other host, Sean. And joining us today, we have a special guest, George, from The Mogwai Minute. I feel, I feel weird that I'm the only guy that doesn't have a really crazy accent. <laughs> well, I talk like a regular person. I don't think you guys are all crazy. Yeah, I'm not sure what you're talking about. <laughs> I, don't I don't have, have an accent. accent. Uh, George, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. And today, we are here to talk about Minute 5. Sean, give us that summary. So, uh, in Minute 5, Rita finishes her story on the groundhog, and... Phil tells her that people who eat blood sausage are Ludo. Uh, Phil says Rita should look at herself in the mirror when she makes her groundhog face. Rita just sits back and smiles. Later, we see Larry taking exit 22 uh, east, heading towards Punxsutawney. And now we're in town. We're town. In town. town. Yeah. So we're, yeah, so we're almost there. We're, 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 we're on our way. And yeah, we, we start with with Rita telling her little groundhog story. She's even doing miming the little little paws coming up out of the uh, out of the hole. I, yeah, I, I love this. And so this is more of really setting the stage. And it's it's mostly about Phil and and what kind of man he is and where he's starting. <laughs> but I think we learn a lot about Rita here as well, especially as you said, mm-hmm. she likes to make weird rodent faces. <laughs> She's a fan of that. Yeah, and I, I think she's adorable, uh, Rita here with the little thing. And this is kind of foreshadowing because there's another character that plays a role in, in Phil's life later on who also um, <gasps> makes small animal noises during certain moments. I wonder if there's a, <laughs> a, a theme going on here. I think he's also named Phil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Spoilers. Yeah, spo- spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i love andy mcdowell i mean even though her accent is hit or miss sometimes sometimes it's real thick mm-hmm. sometimes she tries to make it not thick and sometimes it's it's obviously there but you know because she comes from south carolina mm. that's where she is where she hails from right so the, the south but not not i don't i don't consider that the deep south Oh, are you kidding me? Is that the deep south? Listen, as someone who lived in North Carolina for 20 years, the only thing that makes North Carolina look less red is South Carolina. <laughs> okay. Well, it, yes, it is further south than North Carolina. But yeah, you're right. It, it comes and goes. She's, you know, she can turn it on or she can reel it back. I think for this part, she was for the most part trying to reel it back. I I think it's cute. I actually used to work with a guy who said that when he was in high school, he dated Andy McDowell's older sister. Mm. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so any dish? Is there like more I of that mean, story? Uh, he seems he or a gentleman doesn't kiss and tell. His general consensus with is that Andy was a very nice girl, and you know he's like you know, but he was a, he was this girl's younger sister, so he didn't really pay her much mind. But then she went on to become an actress, and he's like, oh shit, I knew her older sister. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. All right. Why does Phil not like blood sausage? I want to know why he doesn't like blood sausage. Why do you like blood sausage? Does anyone like blood sausage? Except for Andy McDowell. Well, no. I, I All right. I don't, I've not had blood sausage specifically a lot. I've had it a few times. But honestly, I think they're talking about Scrapple. Like, I think, but the, the word Scrapple is not known outside of the Delaware Valley. So they change it to blood sausage. 
so you know you you understand more what it is. Is Scrapple like is Scrapple like head cheese? No, I, um, I think so. So blood sausage and Scrapple are really really close to each other. They're essentially just pork scraps. Like it's all it really is is just leftover pork scraps. Now blood sausage. Well, no, blood sausage has got blood. Well, this is one of those times where, like, the like head cheese does not have head in it. Yeah, head or it's, cheese. It's made out of bits and pieces and gel. <laughs> yeah, it's it's they take. I mean, the most basic, the old timey stuff. Would you know back in the day when they'd use every part of the animal, everything but the squeal. They take the intestines. Yeah, take the intestines from the pig and fill them full of blood, and then boil it till it congeals. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, when you have a rare, you know, if you have a medium rare steak, you're going to have some blood in it. No one freaks the hell about that. I mean, this it's is not the fact. That, it's blood. not the fact that it's the blood. It's the fact that it's all the leftover bits and pieces ground up and then the blood. Well, it's like floating in the blood. Yeah. Okay, well, that's why I like Scrapple more because you mix it with a cornmeal and spices, and you deep fry that bad boy. See, that sounds like liver mush where I come from, which is like liver mashed up with 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 like it's like livers ground up with cornmeal and then merged into this weird brown brick like cake that's just yep. disgusting. This boy's got it. No, it's not disgusting. It's amazing. It oh. goes with your syrup or ketchup. It's beautiful. I just had it this morning. Oh, it's uh, <laughs> I, had, I, I had Scrapple egg and cheese on a muffin. It was great. Mustard is a big popular thing with liver mush down here. Down, well, down here in the, in the south. I'm not in the south anymore. Okay. No, just it's a us 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 people from South Jersey. We love our breakfast meats. We have so many breakfast meats. I mean, I can get behind your pork roll. That's uh, fine, girl. Yeah, there's the pork roll. There's there's Taylor ham. Mm-hmm. This blood sausage stuff is. I'm with Phil on this. I, yeah, I understand. Uh, I'm no, not I, in. I, I'm I not. Think- I um, I mean, I've had. I mean. Black pudding is essentially the same thing. I've, I've had that, and that's, you know, in, in doses. Like I said, I'm not going to eat a pound. It's a very misleading name, black pudding. <laughs> I mean, it comes out darker, and it's. I looked it up. It, yeah, it's very – the recipe is very similar. Just obviously one is from uh, more of a Polish tradition-ish, and one's kind of a uh, you know, British tradition. So, I mean, yeah, she's smiling. She's being, she's chipper about even, you know, with all the faces that Phil's making in the mirror. I think she actually cra- cracks. I mean, that's not that's not that's not the character laughing. That's Andy McDowell laughing at him. Okay, yeah. There's some, there's something about the the tone of her like response that is like she's just breaking as he's like improvising something. It's probably like the twelfth take, and she just thinks she's just, you know he's being Bill Murray. Yeah, he's making a little a condescending face and waving his little paws. Larry's just rolling his eyes, chewing his gum. <laughs> Good old Chris Elliott. Yeah. I want yeah. to know your take on Chris Elliott in this film. As like- I love Chris Elliott. I love him in this movie. I loved him. In, I love him in Cabin Boy. Yes. Uh, what was it? His show, show, uh, Get a Life from like the early Get 90s. A life. I love that. Yeah. I mean, I've always liked Chris Elliott. Good, good. Yeah. Um. The the more I've been watching these minutes, the more I like. I went from like because you think yeah, Larry's like the butthead, but really like Larry's a fine blue collar guy, just doing his job. He's more aggravated that Phil like takes every opportunity to. You know, to 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 be Phil. Yeah, to be Phil. In short, <laughs> just be rude to him. Yeah. yeah. I I mentioned I put that summary in the note that he that Larry's taken the East Twenty Two exit to Punxsutawney, and in our previous minutes, I got yep. really I got no I got really <laughs> anal about like how they're going to 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 Punxsutawney. When yeah. Chris Elliott leaves, he's leaving on the west side of of Pittsburgh, heading north, mm-hmm. so crossing one of the rivers and going north. But when I when I did the other way, he's going super east of of Pittsburgh now. 
So if anything, he just drove like an extra forty minutes to go like around the city. Well, of no, highways no. To then go. This is bullshit. Shut it's the podcast down. This movie it's is not, ridiculous. It's like, a, Thank it's you, like six miles. It's like an. It's not the. It's not the most direct route. But you're making it sound like he's you know heading east to go west. Yeah. Maybe he gets paid by the mile. He's. It's like an extra like five six miles. He just he heads east and then north instead of north and then east. But yeah, so he he's he, he head out he heads out of Pittsburgh on 376 most likely, which then just kind of turns into he kind of merges off into 119, and now he's taking the turn. He's turning. He's making the left when uh, when 119 splits from 22 because they're kind of like co-located for a while. Then 22 continues on east to Harrisburg. Where actually doesn't, um, but so twenty two keeps going east. One nineteen turns north up to Punxsutawney, and yeah, it's only it, it's like an extra five minutes. It's not a big deal. All right, yeah, it just didn't make no sense in my first opinion. It's like he went out the the western side, and now it's like he's super yeah. east of the city. Well, you know what? I, so I maybe they like the sign. They like the sign. That's fine. And yeah, um, I wasn't going to say anything because when we were originally talking about the the okay. route that they were going to take, I I think I said I wasn't going to say anything. But you brought it up, so now I'm going to say. Okay. But I think we can we can find an explanation it's within fine. the okay. movie too late, too late. because so that when they head east, they're heading towards Altoona, and like Phil said, oh, the blizzard's going to hit Altoona, so you'd think they'd want to head north first to kind of avoid that. So maybe Larry's just kind of like, yeah, Phil doesn't know what he's talking about. I'm going to head east right into the storm just to show him. And then turn north at the last possible minute. Maybe that's maybe that's why he takes this route, just to kind of needle fill a little bit. It's cunning. <laughs> I mean, I I do like the idea of him making the drive a little bit longer just to aggravate Phil. <laughs> like, I don't mind that. That actually makes me laugh a little bit. He's like, I mean, think Larry just want to get there, get the bags like unloaded, and then just kind of like relax in town for the night. But yeah, maybe now he's like, no, nah, I don't mind being in the van. I'll try this van. I got no problem. Yeah. I know, but then he's got to stay in the van longer with yeah. Phil. I don't think I'd be cool with that. That's it feels in his current, like his curmudgeonly, like mm. pick on everybody phase. Uh, maybe he's hoping the drive would put Phil to, to sleep, but sadly it didn't. Maybe he's kicking himself. He's like, oh, I should have. Yeah. Oh, why didn't I go this way? <laughs> yeah. Stupid. I mean, this, stupid. Is, this is before like they had ways and, and GPS and stuff. Uh-huh. So he's got, you know, just the big paper maps he's unfolding and. <laughs> Figuring out. So uh, I've never been to a good part of Pennsylvania. Ooh, some people are going to take offense to that. Well, you know, because like honestly, like Pennsylvania, well, there's smaller places, but Philadelphia and Pittsburgh are like the yes. two big cities. I've been through Pennsylvania, but it was on 81, and it was just through Harrisburg mm-hmm. and then in and out, and then up in the western part of New York. So. <laughs> All those coastal cities, you know, they're all fancy they're all and fancy. mysterious to <laughs> no, me. No, I mean, no, all those Yankees. Yeah, personally, no, I haven't been uh, farther west in Pennsylvania than uh, Lancaster. Uh huh. So, yeah, I haven't. I have been as far as Pittsburgh. It's not bad, Pittsburgh. I've only been to Pittsburgh once, and I was only there for about twenty-four hours, maybe not even. Drove out from from Central Jersey. We drove out for a Grateful Dead concert. <laughs> we drive all night and this is this is back this is around the time well, maybe a few years before this film is set but around that time so again it's before gps and ways and and things that'll tell you the traffic we took was it would it be 81 that's what i was on 
Um, actually, we we took eighty. We took eighty across the state from uh, from North Jersey. And what we didn't know is there was construction. I think at the time it was like a three lane highway each direction. And for much of the time it was down to two lanes. And I think there was a a pretty good stretch where it was down to one lane. So what should have been uh, maybe like an eight, 10 hour drive turned into like a 12, 14 hour drive. So we ended up driving all night. We get, we get into Pittsburgh like four or five o'clock in the morning. We're up all night. We go to this concert. And the plan was, well, you know, we'll go to the concerts in the the evening or the afternoon, late afternoon. We'll go to the concert. And then when it's over, we'll go to the car and we can just sleep in the parking lot. We'll just, you know, we've been up all night driving concerts, it's been crazy. We can just sleep. We'll be all right. And then the next morning, head back to uh, to New Jersey we get out of the concert, we get to the car, and the security, the cops are coming through, and they're, like, rousting everyone out. They're like, you you got to go. We're closing the parking lot. You can't stay here. Um, so we hit the road. We, we get on uh, probably 76. I don't know. We, we head back to Route 80, and we end up pulling off of the first truck stop we pass. We pull over because we know at this point – we're not making it back home tonight. We're not making another 10 hour drive. We just pull over the, the first, the first truck stop we pass, we pull over, we sleep on literally on the concrete. We just pull over, Mm -hmm. go to the back of the parking lot, turn off the car. Everyone falls out and just lays down on the asphalt. It's how tired we were. So it's not, not a bad city. It was a clean city from what I remember. Uh, the, The streets were clean. So that was nice. Um, so, so after we get Rita uh, procre- pro- proclaiming her love for blood sausage, <laughs> we fade back into our our weatherman theme. Yeah. So obviously, at at second forty two, this Punxsutawney sign is not real. Really, it's made for the movie because it. Ha- what? Yeah, because it's a it's because I, I looked at it, it's an artist rendition of the fictional and movie town of Punxsutawney. Oh, that's right. Because obviously this this square is not the real Punxsutawney. This is the right. Woodstock, Illinois interpretation of Punxsutawney. Now there is So where's Gobbler's Knob? Well, in in this movie it's Centertown and the real Punxsutawney Gobbler's Knob is what I what I'm told is it's outside of town. Like it's like a few minute walk. Yeah. Outside of town. It's in in like the woods. Dave knows your tricks. You phony hollywood people he's on yeah he does uh, so have you guys ever lived in a town that's had like fewer than seven thousand people in it um i didn't was prepared for this question i don't know how i don't i mean i mean i'm, I'm living <laughs> in a small suburban town in new jersey that's kind of this can't be like that many people in the town yeah but it's suburban so it's sort of like a sprawl thing it's still adjacent to a larger city you know what enough. i oh maybe not i was gonna say that the town i grew up in Piscataway, New Jersey. Shout out to Piscataway. Um, when I was growing up, this was originally a very rural town. I think it's 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 kind of in the middle. We're about, I think we're, we're a little bit closer to New York City, but it's kind of right in the middle between New York and Philly. Growing up, it was a lot of farms. There was It was, I think, mostly farmland. And then through my middle school and high school years, a lot of the farms were selling out and 
condos came in and they built more houses and the population really exploded. But I just did a quick look and it says right now the population is 56,000. So I don't it there so it has grown since uh since my boyhood days. I don't think it's gone from 7,000 to 56,000. So it was probably still yeah. So it was probably still a pretty big town population wise even then. Yeah, I don't think I've ever lived in a town that's had fewer than 10,000 people in it. Even like the small town I lived in in North Carolina had around yeah. 10,000. Oh, wait, here they go. I, if I scroll down, I'm on the Wikipedia page scrolling down, and it's got population through the year. So in 1980, it was 42,000. By 90, it was 47,000. By 2050. So, yeah. Oh, you know what? I just thought of it. I did live in a small town for a small amount of time. Um, although, I'm sorry. So, so George, you were talking about... About your hometown? Oh, no, no, not a hometown. Just the smallest town I can think of living in had about 10,000 people in it. Just trying to get that sort of like like small town mentality because it's, I think, unless you were actually raised in a place like that, it's hard to like sort of get that everybody knows your business sort of thing. Yeah, that's a really good point. Now, I did for about a year, I lived in Helmetta, New Jersey, um, the borough of Helmetta, which according to Wikipedia has a population. Uh, their estimate is 2,200. Okay. So it's a pretty small town. I mean, when I was there, just to my small town bona fides, there was one traffic light in town and they didn't deliver the mail. There was no mail delivery. You had to go to the post office to pick up your mail. It's like living in a giant sprawl out apartment building where you have to go and like use your key and... Well, yeah, everything was kind of walking distance. But uh, yeah, I mean, this was uh, kind of an in-between period. I had like, I was, uh, it was during my college years. I was, it, this was my uh, my second freshman year um, where I'd, I had gone away. I'd left New Jersey for school. I came back to New Jersey for a year and then I left for more school. Um, so I, yeah, I wouldn't say like I didn't really, I'm not a native. I won't pass myself off as some like small town, you know, good old boy or anything. But yeah, for one year I did live in a small town and uh, certainly you get, you get more attention from the police. Because they're bored because too. There's, <laughs> there's not much to do. There's that um, Sean German boy. Yeah. And actually if you, uh, yeah, if you do a search for Helmetta and that's with two T's, New Jersey, um, it it does make the news every couple of years because it's pretty much it's um it's one of those speed traps. It's one of those towns where the cops got nothing better to do but kind of sit and look for a car they don't recognize. And you know, I thought of some where the Jersey Devil hangs yeah. out. Oh, well, no, we're well, it's a little far north from that. It's not <laughs> down in the the pine. <laughs> but shout out to pine the Jersey Bear. Devil. Um, yeah. But yeah, so it's yeah, it's it is a town that's small enough that the cops will, you know, if they don't recognize your car, they will pull you over if for going, you know, twenty seven in in a twenty five zone. So, because uh, you don't live there, they don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, me and my dad got caught in one of those damn things trying to get to a. Uh, we heard it was a good flea market, and it was like, <laughs> it's a Grateful Dead concert. No, no, just uh, it was it was like a flea. It was probably a flea market that had like a really good like paintball and airsoft uh. place. And uh, I just remember going a highway, going through a town, got pulled over, got my dad got a ticket, 
And uh, it was, that's a that's a that's a Jersey trap right there. Yeah. Oh, good, good. That's the Jersey call. Oh, there's a good flea market. Yeah. Payball. Let's go play payball. Yeah, that was that's yeah. That's what happened. Uh, I looked. Yeah, all the towns I've been living at, they're all between like seven and twelve thousand, but they're all with like they're all like really next to each other. Like they all kind of just blend right into the next one. There's no separation of town. Just you go to the next like five blocks, you go to the next town. Oh, you're in the next town. And you go to another five blocks. Oh, you're in the next town. So it doesn't really matter. Gotcha. Um, so yeah. So back 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 to the sign. So they're coming in. And the sign mirrors what we're going to see. It, it's nice. It's a little like gives the audience their bearings a little bit. You get a quick snapshot of these are the the, the landmarks you're going to want to know. But as Dave. Well, also, the sign looks like it's a housing development that is only partially, <laughs> partially under development. Well, you right. Yeah. Because. Yeah. You, have, you got the Pennsylvania Hotel. You have the few stores next to it. Then you have <laughs> at least I'm going about what real Illinois. That's a bank in the top left. Uh, an in small indoor mall, uh, what I believe is City Hall, and then on the right side where it's fading, that's essentially stores facing the town center and the gazebo. <laughs> it looks like dust. Yeah, form. it's like it just kind of what fades if, off. Yeah, like the painters just like ah, it's there. There's just roofs. What if this sort of like is emblematic of the time bubble that this town exists Whoa. in? Ooh. Like, like this shows, like this is what it was like, you know, a hundred years ago, fifty years ago, and then you get in there now, and they're sort of like caught up in their little loop, and everyone sort of experiences it, or some slow time phenomenon, some selective temporal shenanigans going on there. Oh man, some spooky stuff you're talking there. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, Dave and I will, we'll talk about this more a little bit further, but I wonder if you've been. George, did you cheat by doing actual research? <laughs> no, I'm just I well, like I like I would like I would do research for your show. <laughs> yeah, all right. Um, but it's it's interesting you bring that up. That idea of a town in a bubble. One of the sort of subplots from the original script that was cut out and doesn't appear in the movie is Phil repeatedly trying to leave the city. Ah. Um. So, yeah, in the movie, like they try the one day and like the roads close, there's an accident, the blizzard, they can't go. And we never see him really try to leave again. In the original script, it shows him like every day, as soon as they're done filming, he jumps in the van and he just drives a different direction. And every day he hits blizzard. Like it doesn't snow on Groundhog Day in Punxsutawney. It's just everywhere around there. But everywhere they go, like he just he cannot get out of this town. Wow. Yeah. So that idea of a bubble uh, certainly, yeah, yeah, comes into play or did in like the original version. Well, I mean, at some point, you guys are going to have to talk about the theory of like what what sort of phenomenon is he dealing with here? Is it like some sort of like spatial oh. string theory, temporal loop? Oh, he's bringing or it up. It? He's bringing up my theory. <laughs> <laughs> Sean told me to hold it. Well, these are just theories. I mean. These are just theories. So, so I mean, D- Dave and I will have, you know, we've got ninety-five more minutes to to share our theories. But so, George, what do you have a theory? What do you think is going on here? Well, I mean, when I first saw this, it just seemed like, oh, this is sort of like a magical thing. But then, as you get older, you know, you start to like thinking more a little bit more, you know, analytically, and this could be some sort of like isolated space-time issue where um, there might be some sort of like cognizance behind it, like directing the, the, like the loop, like refining it to specifically just affect him. Mm-hmm. But also because this is sort of like a weird area rife with the sort of like temporal anomalous energy that it's, it's, 
itself. Like I, I, I'd be very surprised to think that if like there's like some sort of like aging phenomenon where everyone ages a lot slower here, and you just don't really realize it because everyone looks like they live in eastern western Pennsylvania. Wow, that's wow. I'm. I'll just hand over the mic. You can host the show. That's. You, that, <laughs> well, you know, it's it's because I don't. I don't think we've mentioned it yet on the podcast, but Danny Rubin, the guy who wrote the the original script or the original screenplay, one of the things he mentions as an influence is he had just read Interview with a Vampire, the the Anne Rice novel. Okay, so like that idea that you know it doesn't necessarily need to be a literal one day repeating itself that if you, if you live long enough, yeah, it's going to seem like the same day. Things are going to repeat over and over again. If you age that much slower than everyone else around you, you're going to see people making the same mistakes and doing the same thing and telling the same jokes. See, th- that would, that would be crazy if like they just like trimmed that down for the movie. But what was happening is like every day he was living an entire lifetime and then he died and then started back <laughs> over again and just kept cycling through with all his acquired knowledge. Yeah. Interesting. Oh man. That, I had so many good theories. Yeah, that's great. Well, cause you also <laughs> point that, and that's good. Cause that also, uh, a lot of people in the more scholarly examinations of this movie, um, they'll mention, uh, Nietzsche you know, his theories about cycles of life. Uh-huh. And, and he wrote, you know, he, I, I don't know a ton. I basically just know what I, what I've picked up in, uh, <laughs> from Wikipedia. One, one of the things Nietzsche wrote about was eternal recurrence and that we go through cycles and we live the same thing over and over again, but there's a difference there. So what, what Nietzsche was talking about is an unknowing reoccurrence that we were repeating the same patterns and making the same mistakes and living the same lives without knowing it. Whereas as George so eloquently pointed out, Phil is aware of his repetition and he, he has the ability to learn from it. So that kind of distances Phil from the ordinary man as as Nietzsche envisioned it. Yeah. Cause that really is what distances like the ordinary from the extraordinary is awareness. Yeah. So if so Phil, you know, you might say is extraordinary, or even to put it another way, is like an overman mm-hmm. or an Ubermensch. Ubermensch. As 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 Nietzsche might say it in German. Well he does he has the potential to become so when he's given the ability to learn from his mistakes and fix his his wrongdoings or his misdeeds based on, you know, repetition and trial and error. Mm-hmm. We would all do the same if we had that same opportunity, I think. Sure. Yeah. I think we all have the potential. And and yeah, I mean we yeah. I mean, because certainly you see the starting point, at least from the outside. Phil does not seem to start from a good place. And I think it's fair to say he ends up in a good place. And I think most of us, we think we're, we're at least as good as Phil to start off uh-huh. with. Right. We, we hope. <laughs> we hope. <laughs> yeah. So maybe there is hope for us all. What do you, my last note, I, I had a note that I skipped and I want to come back to it. You could definitely tell the East 22 <laughs> and the pucks of 20 sign are fake. And then they almost in like Illinois. Those are made out of wood. The, the the signposts are made out of wood. Like, is that not, you're not gonna have that. Is, you're not gonna have that on a highway. You're gonna have them made out of like you know just steel riveted in. Oh jeez. Right, that's my last like. That's my last. You just you can't leave the map alone. No, I can't. I'm sorry. 
Yeah, what? I, was there really a sequel to Heidi? Yeah, that's where I was going. I was, I was about to say, like, so really, is that, is okay. that really your last note for this minute? You're not going to talk about an American classic. Heidi 2. I, I, I am not familiar with this movie. I uh, But I was like, you know what? Sean will be. So that's why I leave it to you. Or sorry, it's, it's a, a family classic, not an American classic. The, the Beguiling. <laughs> <laughs> now is now is this a sequel being like okay well she does the same stuff over and over again she's just hanging out in the alps or is it like she grows up and it becomes more like a poison ivy situation where she's like you know seducing the doctor or something and like faking her death and trying to drive somebody insane and like heidi takes a different turn because you know she was abandoned as a child and all sort of negative stuff <laughs> i i think it's more the latter cool actually so there is there, there. At least at, at the time of this filming, when, when Groundhog Day was made, Heidi Two was not a real movie. There was not an actual sequel to uh, probably the most. Well, Heidi was originally a book. Probably the most famous movie version was uh, the Shirley Temple movie from 1937. Yeah. Um. So that movie did not have a sequel. Uh. There is, or there was a Heidi Two. Um, well, though actually not not uh, there was a Heidi two. It's a um, a German adult film. Martial arts extravaganza. <laughs> oh, it's an adult film from. So Germany. yeah, <laughs> nailed so, it. So yeah, so you were pretty close with the uh, the second part of that. <laughs> Heidi is the two and Heidi two indicating the number of partners yeah. she has at the time. <laughs> There's a lot of yodeling involved. yeah heidi too we put the d in heidi (laughs) (laughs) oh i'm so glad we have george um so the only other thing i have for this minute is that we do get um we get some more credits so we get story by danny rubin rubin who we've mentioned before and then screenplay by Danny Ruman and Harold Ramis. So um, after Harold uh, agreed to do the movie, they collaborated. Um, Harold uh, Ramis, I should, I guess uh, we're not, we're not that close. So uh, Ramis actually sent Ruben to New York to spend a few days with uh, Bill Murray to kind of get a feel for his personality and, and his energy as a person. So then they, they did a rewrite together. Um, after knowing that that Bill Murray was going to be Phil, um, so that's okay. the uh, that's the screenplay. That would be important. And yeah. there's got to be lots yeah. of points where you just got to give blank yeah. space, be like, just let him do his thing. Just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that that's all I had for for minute five. Did you have anything else, George? Anything you wanted to say? Nope, nope. I pretty much topped out with the Heidi point. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know if we can top that. So. Um, so thanks a lot for for joining us. And if uh, so, if our listeners want to hear more of um, <laughs> of George's psychic predictions of foreign language pornography, <laughs> where can they hear more from you? Uh, you can check me out on the Mogwai Minute. The Mogwai Minute is my website that leads to my um, I, my podcast, which I I have a host. I have a co-host. <laughs> It's not just me, but we talk about um, the movie Gremlins one minute at a time. And we've got a few specials that we've thrown out there that are like just specific movie oriented. And then we've also, we're getting ready to do the sequel. That's, that's kind of in the pre-production stage. 
Is that for, is that for us then, Sean? Yeah. I'll just I'll just end this up. Take us home, buddy. Like I'll end it right now. No, that that's <laughs> no. I, I just want to make sure that's it for us. Yeah. No, thank you for listening, and uh, you know we'll see you tomorrow if there is one. <laughs>